It's opening night for the NBA, which means ring night for the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. And I thought, who better to bring on the show than Golden State Warriors legend, Hall of Famer, NBA top 50 player, Rick Barry. You're with me the night they won the world championship, and you're going to break down ring night and what to expect this year. Really excited, as always, to have Rick on the show. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow NBA Hall of Famer Rick Barry on Twitter and Instagram, where he's got access again, uh, at Rick24Barry. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Rick, how are you doing, sir? And uh, any plans for ring night tonight? Uh, no, actually, um, I'm uh, I'm actually going to be on a, a phone call with my one of my sons, Canyon, doing some stuff and all, but I'll check it out and see how they do. Um, Usually it's disappointing sometimes if you have ring night, you don't win the game. <laughs> it's, True. it's always a tough thing. Uh, but True. you know what's so crazy about this? I have to let everybody understand and realize this because it's such a different world. It's astonishing to me that we're talking about the opening night of the season. And the date today is October, right? The 18th, right? You know what? We would still be freaking playing exhibition games and training. We went to training camp at the end of September and we went for a month. We didn't play until the end of October, the beginning of November. So, I mean, it's just amazing how they wanted to get this uh, get this season in as quickly as possible, I guess, and then get it over with enough in time to be able to finally, where they have the finals and the playoffs are on television because our finals are on, on delayed television back right. in the day. So the world has changed a lot. So they have hardly any time at training camp. We used to get killed with two a days forever, play a multiple number of exhibition games. So anyway, good for them. They're getting started. Um, I still wish, and I hope whoever's listening, get a message to Jordan Poole. Jordan, just come out and tell everybody everything is good. We need you to say that. That would, I think, put all of this craziness to rest of what transpired. It would be great if you came back and said, hey, everything is good and we're ready to go. I mean, I just think that would be a really good thing to do for the psyche of the team and for the fans and for everybody to let everybody know, hey, we're getting ready to play basketball and start the season. So let's get rolling. But it's, an, it's, yeah. it's an exciting night. You know, it's an exciting night. And um, so just so people know, I'm going to hold this up because this is when I show this to so many people when I travel all the time. I'm going to show you uh, a picture that I have. It, it's of my ring with Joe Lacob, the owner of the Warriors ring. So I'm going to get this to my get to my thing for my favorites here on my uh uh, my phone and get. I'm going to turn my of camera off so people can see uh, your screen. Well, I'm going to hold it up. Yeah, I'm, okay, yeah, great. We already able to see this. There we go. Ready? This, 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 this. So insane the difference. This is the difference in the ring. <laughs> my ring. What the first Warriors ring forty years later, and they have they've had multiple ones of these. That ring right there, folks, was way more than I'm going to see my first year playing basketball in the entire season. 
So that's the difference of what goes on in the NBA these these uh, these days. And so they'll be getting another one. I mean, I, my gosh, I mean, they're in, you know, they're just enormous. I mean, incredible all the diamonds and all of the different things in there to the design work. So hey, they they've earned it. Uh, I'm happy for them, and it's an exciting time to be able to you know you know, get that ring and. But the big thing is, is to try to see if you can do it two times in a row. It's not an easy thing to do in, in the sports world. Uh, very few teams are able to repeat that often. That's why what Boston accomplished during that run that they had was remarkable to win that many championships consecutively. So uh, I hope everything works well for them. Uh, hope everybody stays healthy. I hope the players that we talked about that I think should get better, Kaminga, Poole, Moody especially, and then to see how Wiseman's going to do for the entire season. It's, that's going to be the big factors uh, for this team. So I'm excited about it, looking forward to it. And um, I'm sure the fans will be excited about seeing another banner raised up in there in Chase Center. Absolutely. When that banner is raised, they can take a look at your jersey that hangs retired in the rafters as well. I want to take a step back uh, in regards to Jordan Poole, the comments you just made. Um you know, he did, he he had a press conference. He's never been like someone who's open to the media. He doesn't like uh, talking with reporters or, you know, he, prefer, he prefers his privacy. Uh, you know, he had a press conference f- a, a, a day or two after his contract extension. He briefly addressed that, um, you know, here he's here to play basketball. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that he said that's what the focus is. He said Draymond apologized. Um, you, so you think he should say more than that? Is no, that what okay, you're saying? Well, I, say, I, I, I don't know. No, because I'm not in the Bay Area all the time, so I didn't see all the stuff there. And, and if he did come out and he said that, that he apologized and we're good and we're here to play basketball, good. Then that's great. And so he's he basically did what I said he should do. I mean, I would like to have seen him come out and do that, not because he was having a press conference, because of the incredible contract that he got. Right. <laughs> so uh, it would have been nice to have come out even before that. But the fact that he did it during that press conference is, is fine. He did. He did what he needed to do. Um, that's good. So everybody, please, let's just put this all behind us and let's focus on what the team is doing on a, on a regular daily basis and, um, and go from there because you don't have the past is the past. You don't even worry about it. You can't change it. Okay. All you can do is try to make the most of every day of your life and not even worry all that much about tomorrow because, you know, unless there's something you can do today that can help make tomorrow better, well, then you should do it. But in most cases, you don't have the opportunity to do that. And so every day is a new adventure. And so people ask me, hey, how you doing? I said, look, I'm talking to you. That means I'm doing great. I'm alive. <laughs> no, I love that attitude. What a, You know, Ring Nights, uh, this is the fourth one in eight years for the Golden State Warriors. Um, you had your own, uh, you know, back in the in the seventies, um, and you mentioned teams usually have letdowns on ring night, whether it's the celebratory, uh, you know, environment. Whether you know, I don't know if their guard is down. I guess two two part question for you. One is, wh- why, in your opinion, do you think um, teams on their ring nights typically lose? Because that is a trend. Um, and then, what do you expect from the Warriors tonight? I, I I actually think they might actually because of all the Draymond. Jordan Poole stuff, they might actually put the ring stuff aside and try to uh, present a show of force and, and come out with the win just to let people know that they're that this is past, that this is behind them now. Uh, your thoughts on tonight and everything? Yeah, and and why teams typically struggle, struggle on ring night? Okay, well, first of all, if I knew what was going to happen tonight, I would bet on the game, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, so that means I really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, never do I know what's going to happen in games. Uh, you can have an idea, but 
I've always said I live by this motto when it comes to the NBA, always expect the unexpected. And as far as ring nights, I can tell you why. I can tell you why for me, if I was playing in an arena that they were having their ring nights, I'm going to go and try and spoil their freaking night. So it's an incentive for the other team to go out there, especially a team like, you know, who they're playing tonight. Yeah. There was like nothing better than to what? To beat them at their home when they just got their freaking rings. So that's Absolutely. the biggest problem is that the other guys, if they have any pride whatsoever, and you're on that other team, you have to be there to see that team get their championship rings and the fans going nuts and everything. And, and to me, I love playing on the road because I love to spoil the night for people. And if I got, I'd love getting booed. I, I swear, boos were like cheers. Here's the deal. You don't get booed if you suck. True. True. Okay? If you're not true. any good, they're not booing you. They don't care about you. They boo you because they don't want you to help beat their team. And so it was great incentive. And there's nothing like being able to quiet an arena when you're on the road. I love doing that. Uh, I'll never know that feeling, but it sounds absolutely incredible. It's wonderful. Uh, and just- it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It's so good to be in the arena on the road and have it be quiet and see people getting up and leaving with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Oh, Oh my God! Well, in just a moment, I want to I want to uh, uh, just f- finish up on the Draymond Pool stuff. Uh, you have your own show, the Rick Barry Show, that I'm incredibly fortunate to be your sidekick in it. And um, we covered this Draymond thing a week ago, and you were you were way ahead of this. I mean, what the message you said on your show um, was clearly followed by the Golden State Warriors, and it's the path they're taking now. Uh, first, I, I got to give some love to uh, a, a relatively new sponsor of this program, but. Um, it's a very valuable uh, sponsor, given what they do, and that's LinkedIn. For you folks out there looking for work, I see, look, I, I, I'm a college professor beside doing this, and I tell my students all the time, LinkedIn is where you have to go to find work, but it's also a tremendous platform for employers looking for high-quality talent, because that's also not an easy thing to find in this world. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen today. Now make your second listen Game to Game Western Conference. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA and the Western Conference with local analysis that only Locked On can offer. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Hall of Famer Rick Barry on all social media platforms, including Twitter and Instagram. He's back, folks, at rick 24 Barry. <laughs> I, know, I love it. And I, and I love the fact I just I love your messages that you're sending me on there. You're making me laugh. I kid you not. Um, let's go back to your show, the Rick Barry show last week. You basically said 
move on, folks, right? A lot of people still have issues with Draymond Green. The fans didn't show it last Friday in the final preseason game, but the chatter uh, digitally still remains. Look, it was a, it was an it, some people got triggered because it reminded them of bullying. Some people feel in a civilized society you shouldn't be throwing huge punches like that. But look, this is not general society. This is a practice of professional hey, athletes. Hey, hey, they're having a war in Ukraine. So you want to talk too. about crazy stuff that goes on and doing it? I mean, seriously, folks, get over it. Move on, okay? Let's deal with what's happening and root for the Warriors tonight to start the season off with the victory. And I will say this, that it's, I think it's important to try to get off to a good start to keep the, your, your mindset and, and have the right frame of mind, knowing full well, and I'm sure that Steve Kerr has talked about this and the staff has talked to the team about this. You are a target for the entire season. You are the defending champions. Every game played by every team is going to be a paramount game when they play you. So you have to be ready. I'd love the fact when we were the defending champions there, I'd love the fact knowing that we had to be ready, that I had to be ready to play. I mean, I always felt that way because I knew that they were going to send their best defender at me. But from the team standpoint, knowing that, hey, it helps you and it's easier to get yourself up and ready to play when you know right. you're a target, okay? And so that's the important element. Mentally, they have to be tough this season. you got to be ready every time you step out there because if not, the worst team in the league has a chance to beat you, especially when you're playing them in their home court. <laughs> well, Jordan Poole got a massive contract. Wiggins got a contract extension. Um, and then you also have this young crew. These are all players that are going to be the Warriors, I think, are going to rely strongly on. I'm referring to Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody. Um, in your in your opinion, given you, you're one of the very few people on the planet who can say this, you know what it feels like to be a defending world champion. Um, what did that experience do for the young players in terms of confidence? Like, are they going to come in this year knowing that they can win a championship and just literally eviscerate the competition? Is it not going to matter? What What are your thoughts on the experience of winning a world championship for these youngsters? Well, here's the thing. Everybody is a unique individual. I can't possibly tell you what they think. I don't know what's <laughs> going in the mind of Jordan Poole. I don't know what's going in the mind of Kaminga. I don't know what's in the mind of, of you know, of Wiseman. I mean, the, each individual has to find out for themselves. And this is what I did when I was when I coached in the minor leagues and Tanya told my players, you and I did some things accordingly as far as telling them what happened as far as being mentally prepared to play. And I would bring up statistics and things of that nature and telling these guys, say, look at whatever you did tonight in this game, you need to do that every time you put your uniform on, because tonight you guys showed up. You guys <laughs> were focused. And I used to show them the parallel between playing 24 minutes of focused basketball on both ends of the court and what the result of that game was. And then we had 30 minutes and what the result that was. And it was the correlation was such that the more minutes of focused basketball, defensively especially, and offense, when you're on that court, the results were a greater margin of victory for us because you will perform better. You're not going to win all your games, obviously, because the other team, if they're doing the same thing and they're a little better than you, they're going to beat you. And so – that's the critical element. So each player, I said, guys, whatever you did, I don't know what it is that you did. I can't tell you. I wish I did. If I knew and I could have a formula to be able to guarantee someone to be able to get an athlete to go out and be focused the entire time he's on that, that field or that court or wherever he may be, I would be a trillionaire. Everybody would buy it. But there's no such, there's no such answer. Because yeah. everybody, again, is a unique individual, and that person has to determine and find out for themselves what it is they have to do 
to get themselves properly prepared to play every single game. So are you saying for like the average person, uh, will the, does the experience not make a difference? Uh, I mean, I mean, is it, well, it should, it should make a difference. They should learn from the experience that they had, what they did. They got through it. They were successful, analyzed how you played, you know, how, what did you do when you played your good game? Did you approach it differently? Every game should be a learning experience. Everything in life should be a learning experience for you. And the intelligent people learn from the mistakes that they make. You're going to make mistakes. Never be afraid to fail. Failure is the quickest way to learn how to do something the right way. And so right. go out there, analyze what you're doing, and think back to the finals. What did I do in the game that I played my best? How did I approach that? And approach and do it that way every time, every single time. It's not going to work every time for you, but it's going to work the majority of the time for you. Yes, sir. What, what did it do for you? Like what? Like that when you when you came into training camp next year, when you had your ring night. What did being a defending world champion do for you? Did it do anything? Like, what, what well, did it affect you? It gave, me, it gave me the incentive to want to be someone because there weren't very many teams that ever repeated to try to do it again. And we right. came so close. That's why I was so freaking disappointed. And I'm so pissed off at whoever it is that put this thing out there on the internet talking about how I quit in a game against Phoenix Suns because my teammates didn't come to fight fight for me when I got in a fight with Ricky Sobers. It's the most ludicrous thing ever. It's an insult to me as a person. To think that I would ever quit in a basketball game. I mean, my God, it's ridiculous. So, well, uh, you know, anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, then let's talk about that for a second. Because this this is a platform. We have a decent amount of viewers and listeners here. Uh, and, I, and I want to actually, I'm going to clip this and blast it on social media. The person who actually perpetrated, perpetrate, perpetrated, perpetrated this uh, rumor was Al McCoy, who is still the voice of the Phoenix Suns. He was the source for Bill Simmons to proceed to to literally write a page in his book about you perpetrating this lie, uh, per perpetrating, why am I struggling saying that word? Perpetrating, perpetrating this lie. And you're like, so explain to people what had been, Bill Simmons has been lying about you, slandering you. What, what has Bill Simmons said specifically publicly? And which I, I well, think Bill is Simmons, no, Bill Simmons called me a dick in his book. I mean, which is hard to, I mean, how do you call someone? He doesn't even know me. I mean, so he owes me an, an apology. I've never met him. I don't have any desire to really meet him. But if I did meet him, I would say, uh, I'm hoping you're going to apologize to me because what he did was an insult to me. It was it was a disservice to me. It was wrong. And, and Al McCoy, what he did was was horrible. I mean, I mean, that's ridiculous. Anybody that knows me, I mean, I'm like one of the fiercest freaking competitors in the world. I mean, you know, I mean, I hate losing. I mean, there's no way to, to have a chance to be the first repeat champion. The NBA hadn't had those for, you know, since the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers came and had that. I mean, for me, there wasn't anybody. The Lakers did it later, but there was nobody. It was Boston. That's it. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, my God. I mean, I, I said, who was an idiot? And then the things that they're saying were so stupid because they had video on there showing, well, I wouldn't want to pass the ball. Well, hell, I made a pass to an open teammate for a better shot. What the hell are they talking about? I and, mean, and just to give wow. and just to give people and just to give people context, hey, Rick. Honestly, basically, here's the thing. Let me cut. Yeah. I'll cut. I should have been the, the the dick that everybody said that someone said I was, and been the type of person everybody thinks I was. I should have been. What I should have gone back to the huddle in the second half. I just said, "Hey, what the hell is going on? Give me the damn ball. You're not giving me the ball. Put the ball in my hands." And I should. But have you were said, trying to had to do it again. To I would have done it because there's no way that I. I mean, that still eats at my craw. I think you can. Of tell course. That. I can remember, I remember that series like it was yesterday and it just eats at my craw. And then when I saw that thing talking about me quitting, oh my God, 
what an insult that is to yeah. me. It really is. So, but anyway, I've got to go and get on another call for some business purposes, but it's always great to talk to you. Congratulations to the Warriors for another, I think, maybe the most gratifying championship that they had since they won the one 40 years after ours, because I don't think anybody expected them to do this. I mean, they were expected right. to do things before. Well, I did. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected them to win the championship last year and they took advantage of it and did a great job. I think they have a better basketball team this year than they had last year. And wow. let's see how it all plays together, how the defense makes that commitment to be totally and completely committed as a team to be the best defensive team they could possibly be. If they do that with the talent that they have and the other guys approach it properly, they have a chance to repeat. And that's what I'm going to be rooting for. So all the best to you, Warriors fans. Beautiful, and Rick. And thank you for joining me today. Uh, and again, I'm so sorry about just any lies that are spread about anyone. How can it not hurt you? Um, you yeah. So I'll, I'll anyways, have a great day, Rick. Thank you so much for joining Thanks me. So and, and we'll talk soon, Rick. Thank you, sir. That's uh, Hall of Famer Rick Barry, uh, a person I consider a dear friend. I love the man. Um, and and just to just to fi uh, finish up on what he was saying there, in case people don't follow, I wanted to add the context uh, real quick for what he was referring to. In the 1976 Western Conference Finals, uh, it, it went to a Game 7 between the Warriors and the Suns. And in the first quarter of that game, Rick got into a fight with another player uh, on the Suns, uh, with, the, with the opponent. And um, the lie that Al McCoy perpetrated, I don't know why I kept saying perpetrated, perpetrated is that um, that none of Rick's teammates came to his defense in that fight and that Rick was so upset by his teammates not coming to back him up that he decided to stop shooting the ball in the second half of that game. Or, or, or maybe the lie was uh, that was it that yeah I, I guess that's what the lie was, was that he's decided to stop shooting uh, that he decided to pout um, look the YouTube clips clearly don't substantiate that ridiculous lie but for some reason Al McCoy uh, said this to Bill Simmons Bill Simmons per proceeds to write this in his book and then Bill Simmons refuses to ever communicate with Rick Barry refuses to ever ask Rick Barry his side of the story. Um, and, and just proceeds to, you know, call him a dick and, and, uh, and just slander him. And I, look, I, I think Bill Simmons, I grew up reading his columns. He's a fantastically brilliant writer. Uh, I love his podcast. I think it's very entertaining, but Bill Simmons blocked me on Twitter because I was coming to Rick's defense and, and asking Bill, Bill, just bring Rick on your show or at least reach out to him. And just get his side of the story so he can stop lying about him instead of relying on this one attribution from Al McCoy, uh, who, by the way, is still the Suns play-by-play -play broadcaster. I think he's like 90 years old now or something. It's really crazy. Um, so that's what Rick is referring to. I personally think it is egregious for anyone to make up lies about anyone else in this world, let alone someone like Bill Simmons, who has an incredibly influential and powerful platform uh, to lie about Rick like this. It's just not cool. Um, and, and Bill Simmons, instead of saying, yeah, you're right, Cy, like I should have, I should reach out to Rick. I'll, I'll address this issue and at least get his side of it. He blocks me on Twitter, uh, just refuses to acknowledge this, um, you know, loves to talk about Rick, but refuses to ever interview him. And it just makes no damn sense to me. And I can understand why Rick is upset about that whole thing. Anyways, going back to tonight real quick, uh, you know, tip off, uh, I believe is at seven at Chase Center. Uh, the inside the NBA crew, Charles Barkley and, and Shaq and Kenny and, and Ernie, they're all going to be there. It's ring night. And what I was trying to tell Rick um, is, er, and, and I'll repeat this again, 
unlike previous ring nights for most defending world champions, where there usually is a colossal letdown. And Rick brought up another great point for why that is, which is that opposing teams don't want to be victimized on ring night. They want to make a statement themselves. But with everything the Warriors have dealt with here behind the scenes, we're talking about obviously the, you know, the Draymond Green punch, um, uh, Jordan Poole, I, and, and and all the distraction that has come of that because so many questions have been referred to that. Steve Kerr himself, himself said publicly that um, this is the biggest crisis the team has ever dealt with. This is the hardest experience they've ever dealt with. And so I think they would be sending a strong message themselves to come out and win and show both the fan base and you know the NBA community and the world at large, we're over this. This is not going to be a distraction for us. So I think they're going to be very motivated to win tonight. Um, and I think they're going to do so. I do. I think they're, they're, they're going to come out victorious. Um, and on another note, I've, I've talked about this before. I think this is also like a huge distraction. Uh, I'm sorry. This is not, I'm sorry. This is also um, beneficial for the Warriors in terms of contract negotiations with Draymond Green. And what I mean by that is Draymond has lost a lot of leverage. You know, one minute he was asking for a max deal. Uh, one minute he was asking for a contract extension. Um, now that's done. Now they're going to revisit this in the offseason. Now in his last press conference, he was uh, making references to opting into his player option, which is uh, going to be for approximately $27 plus million next year. Um, at, instead of uh, opting out of his deal and trying to get a new one, now the likelihood is he's probably going to stay with the Warriors for at least another year. Um, and then who knows after that? But, you know, and this just costs Draymond Green, I think, a lot of money. Um, because if he did have a great year this year, and if this incident did not happen, he might've very well been in line for a new contract. And now that's likely not going to happen. So anyways, I, I, I expect great things for the Warriors this year. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I, I think the Warriors are going to be much better than they were a year ago. The, the young group so far is showing and proving, uh, that they're at least in this preseason and from summer league that they have grown, uh, from the rookie campaigns or from their uh, second year campaigns. James Wiseman is still practically a rookie. Um, and there's going to be some exciting things to come. Plus, Jermichael Green is an insanely invaluable uh, free agent acquisition. Dante DiVincenzo was another fantastic free agent acquisition. Um, th this team is geared. You know, I, I just don't see any other team in the NBA in their class. So, uh, Ring Night should be exciting. I cannot thank Rick Barry again for coming on. You can follow him on all uh, social media platforms at Rick24Barry. Uh, you can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on uh, Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. You can follow this program on Twitter at LockedOnDubs. And I also want to mention again that um, uh, Wes Goldberg, host of Locked On Heat, uh, Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets, and myself, we did a two-part NBA preview show uh, which is available on the Locked On Warriors feed, in addition to their feeds, possibly. Um, and we covered one through five of every division. And we gave what I hope is a detailed breakdown of what's to come this year, uh, which I think will culminate with the Golden State Warriors repeating as world champions. I really do. I, I, I you know, I, they to me, um, they are just so much better than the competition. It's, um, yeah, if everything goes according to plan, um, there should be another celebration uh, come June next year. All right, folks, I'll be back at it tomorrow with Kevin Dana. Um, until then, thank you, and talk to you soon. Go Warriors. Later.